Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we're still talking about this, this pandemic that's going on, this COVID virus. But we're also talking about the NBA bubble and the success that it's having so far and whether it can keep it up. We also talk about Major League Baseball. We talk about and the pandemic um, affecting Major League Baseball. We talk about how it's affecting the NFL. And we also talk about how it's affecting college football as well. My co-host Ace and Smooth join me on Guys Talking Sports and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. But we got a lot to talk about in the world of sports, so we're going to get right into it. Got my co-host, Ace and Earl. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? I know know we're continuing on in the midst of this virus and everything, so you guys maintaining? Yes, sir. Finally working from home full-time, so... You won't hear me complaining about start 30 minutes late or whatever, whatever. I will be on time. <laughs> Even though we kind of did start 20 minutes late, but. <laughs> we were reminiscing about our childhood. <laughs> the college years. is the, It was those college years. Um, yes, we have a lot to reminisce about, but I digress. Um, we're going to get started. <laughs> we're going to get started talking to what's going on. Um, so let's talk about it. NBA on um, the bubble right now currently is staying packed right now. Um, there's a re- recent report from the NBA saying that there's no new cases of the COVID-19 there. So it's a, a little bit of a pat on the back for the NBA of doing what they need to do to maintain order while keeping the NBA season going. So fellas, let me get your quick thoughts on the NBA bubble and what are your thoughts about it? Because it looks like everything seems to be working so far as far as the bubble is concerned. So let me get your thoughts on that. Thank goodness for some basketball. <laughs> some 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 NBA basketball. I think we've all, you know, in spite of everything that's been going on the last four to five months, um, one thing I think we can all agree upon that sports is always the one thing that can kind of take your mind off of all the craziness and the stuff that goes on in the world. If, you know, maybe for three or four hours, you know, during the day, you can kind of get yourself away from everything and fixate on sports. Basketball, I must say, um, was a little sketchy in the beginning. It was very sloppy um, to be expected. Um, You know, they have to kind of the eight game playing, which is also kind of substituting for like the, uh, I guess the real preseason. to kind of get everybody back into basketball shape because a lot of dudes wasn't looking in the basketball shape. But um, I think you're seeing some more players are starting to kind of come around. Um, but so far, you know, things have been going pretty good. Um, they've kept a pretty good tight rein on things. Um, I know there was a lot of gr- grumbling and griping in the beginning about the food, the accommodations, um, mm-hmm. about staying. Hmm? Lou Williams wings. Sweet Lou Wings <laughs> um, and all that stuff. But uh, I think for the most part, outside of the one Lou, Lou, um, Lou Williams incident, I think everyone that's kind of left the bubble for whatever reasons came back um, as they said they were. So I think, you know, we're going to keep knocking on some wood that there has been no reported cases. Everything has been down to a zero. Um, hopefully they can keep it that way. Hopefully the guys can, can stay focused 
going into the end of um, going into August, when you get to September, when you start getting to the playoffs. So I would have to say as of right now, um, the NBA, um, things are looking pretty decent, you know, so far. I mean, the play will get back to where it is eventually. Um, but so far, as far as cases and everything, um, the bubble seems to be doing what they were anticipating and expecting it to do it so far. I agree. Um, it's a real sloppy product there in the beginning, but despite all the sloppiness, it was some real competitive, real entertaining gameplay. Uh, plenty of points being scored. In certain cases, plenty of defense not being played. A lot of non, non, non defense. <laughs> <laughs> what that one game with Houston and uh, I forget who they. Oh, um, Dallas. When it was like 140 something to 137 in overtime, I was like, damn. That was ridiculous. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's really compelling. You know, uh, the top teams are struggling a bit. Milwaukee and LA are both uh, kind of mm, at the moment. You know, they show some brilliance of, you know, some real good play, but then their record in the bubble doesn't show the talent. And I think it's just a matter of them getting back and gelling to that, that number one form that they had versus some of these under, some of these uh, teams that are really fighting to get in. And it's going in with that, you know, haymaker mentality and just going in and throwing blows to see what happens. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm really loving Carmelo right now. Maybe he's this fresh, just this three games or four games. But Carmelo is showing that he's still got a little bit of, you know, still got a little bit left in the tank and he's really going out there, you know, putting up some big shots and, Dropping some decent numbers, you know, it ain't the thirty-something points that we're used to Carmelo dropping, but eighteen and you know, eighteen and ten in that offense is not bad coming from him. So uh, this only helps uh, Dame Dollar's case in making the playoffs. So you know, you know how I feel about him and all his talk. Like you just better make the playoffs, there, buddy. And he's still Portland. Portland's still a game and a half back behind Memphis, but Memphis ain't looking too hot to damn himself. So. I think these last four games are really going to tell. Uh, it's going to provide some metal and see who is going to sit there and manage to make it in, you know, the last bottom half of those playoff seeds. And if the number one, you know, the top four seeds of each conference are really who they say they are. <laughs> because Boston ain't even looking all that great right now. But Miami, though? Miami's looking all right. <laughs> I can see Miami shocking some folks coming out of the East. I don't know. Maybe Toronto. Toronto, too. And you would never think that you would say Toronto and Miami versus Milwaukee and Boston. So I'm thinking the East might be a little bit tougher than what we want to give them credit for right now. And then obviously the West is just kind of see how it plays out and then kind of just go from there. So sloppy but entertaining. And these last couple of days here are going to be uh, what we all need to really kind of take us off these rising numbers of COVID cases around the country. So thank you, NBA, for keeping a nice, clean bubble. Hey, Lou, if you want your wings, man, just have them Uber. You know, I'm sure they have a nice little oven where they can keep them warm from Atlanta to Orlando. They ain't got nothing to worry about, buddy. Or they can freeze them and just get an air fryer in your room and just heat them joints back up. Either way, get your wings. But just don't leave the bubble. <laughs> nah, I, <laughs> I agree with you. Um, the NBA is doing 
uh, both the NBA and the WNBA <clears throat> and all the people that's in the bubble as well and hockey. <clears throat> and hockey. Um, seems like it's working for them. Um, and to be honest, I, it's, 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 a, it's a good thing because the sports is definitely needed. Um, I know everybody's still waiting for the remaining sports to come back um, on a regular basis, um, but at least we have something. So uh, right now, I'm just happy that there's something out there. Um, as far as the playoff seeds and all these seeding games is concerned, um, it's a good thing because it's something that, you know, sports fans has been craving for. Um, I do like the format. I do like how the NBA is doing this right now. Um, I'm curious to see how the West um, how the West ends. Um, the East, for the most part, is almost virtually set. Um, with just two more spots remaining um, between Brooklyn, Orlando, and Washington. Um, and then right now, it looks like Brooklyn and Orlando is going to be those final two spots, at least at the moment. So um, the West, though, they have a lot of what-ifs at this stage, and they may have a lot of playing games, um, especially if all these games is going down to the wire. Memphis better get their act together, otherwise they're not going to be in the playoffs. And everything is going to be a playing game. Um, Portland is doing what they need to do, so kudos to them. Um, you still got San Antonio. You still got the Pelicans. You still got Phoenix. You still got Sac well, Sacramento is virtually out. Um, but you got, you still got Phoenix. Phoenix is playing like they're trying to make it into the playing games as well. So um, me per personally, I mean, right now, Dallas is – I mean, there's only one more spot in the eighth – I mean, in the yeah, – in the eighth spot in the Western Conference. And you got a virtual of six teams trying to buy into that one spot. That's going to be an interesting case. Um, me personally, I would rather have Pelicans in there to play um, go against the Lakers. It's just my person. The only reason why I say it is because I, I want to see a revenge game between um, Lonzo and Brandon Ingram against the Lakers. Um, I would love to see that. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. I don't think they're going to make it, but it's my personal opinion. Um, so if you had to guess, if you were, in your opinion, you would prefer to see New Orleans take the eighth and Memphis and Portland get booted out. No, I, I, I would, I said, I would, I would like to see the Pelicans make it because I would be intrigued of the virtual matchup between the Lakers and Pelicans, even though I know that, um, I still have Portland making it in. And to be honest, I think Portland will give the Lakers a run without question. Um, they're at a point right now where if Carmelo is playing like he is playing and continues to play like you said, Ace, then they have some things to worry about because they don't have the, the, the – they don't have what it takes to stop Nurkic and the big men. And then you throw Carmelo Anthony in a mix with um, – with um, C.J. McCullen and um, Damian Lillard, it's going to be a difficult – it's going to be difficult. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah, so, I agree. I, yeah, I agree with you, Al. I mean, I think personally Portland will will overtake Memphis Grizzlies and get that eighth spot. Um, Memphis is just uh, – they, they haven't came back and clicked yet. I mean, um, they're, they're, they're not firing good. Portland seems to be kind of rounding themselves in. You have a lot of veterans there that have been there before. Memphis still wet behind the ears. Spurs, 
they're not going to catch anybody. I mean, really, it's the eighth spot in the West that I think that's everyone is playing in for. I think no one is going to catch Dallas Mavericks where they're at 41 games and everybody's like, you know, 32 and below. So I think with the amount of games left, I think really Memphis has a lot to worry about. Um, as far as the Pelicans is concerned, it would be the old versus new school, you know, LeBron versus Zion would be completely overblown. I think from my personal opinion, I think Zion is a little bit overhyped and overrated. And I like, I like, I like John Mormont better. Um, oh, yeah. um, I think his, his game is a lot better right now. Maybe Zion will get better, but I think he has been completely overhyped for the last two years. Um, Who's this? Um, Zion Williamson. You think he's overhyped? He's being overhyped and oversold as a player that who they believe is a lot better than what he really is. Yeah. You got to drop. You got to drop some weight. If not, that's what it is. That that's what it is. Ah, uh, but so so. Is he a bona fide four? What what position are they playing him in? They try to they try to put him at small. No, that's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. If they play him at four, then I think he's the perfect weight. Not at three hundred pounds, no. He ain't three hundred, is he? Yeah, he's just about three hundred. But he's a he's a chiseled specimen though. Well, I mean, he, gets, he gets hurt too much. I mean, you look at Charles Barkley, a man who had to drop some pounds and play power forward and was dominating and really had, had a productive, had a long career. Not to say that Zion Williams can't dominate at that weight, but he will, his shelf life, in my opinion, will be shorter because he's trying to do all the stuff he's doing, carrying that weight. I think the, I think the knees are bound to go if he keeps playing the way he's playing at that weight. I mean, he already had the ankle. He already had some knee issues, which I don't think they're telling everybody the full extent of it. I think they're soft pedaling it. Um, but I he needs to drop some weight. And honestly, the dunks, n- nothing special in my opinion. But he's nothing. efficient. Hmm? He's efficient. I, I've only, I only saw the one game that they played when he first – and they had his minutes restriction. And I think he only played like 15 minutes, but he was like – He was not happy about that. No, he wasn't. But he was like seven for eight for the field with like well, 15 tell, minutes and well, – Well, who was with the um, this, those um, Seattle Supersonics back when Gary Payton was there? Kemp. Kemp. What makes him much more different than Kemp? Well, Kemp was slimmer. <laughs> the games, the game type, though, which makes him anything different, in my opinion, than Kemp. Because he pretty much plays almost – Like a Kemp? Yeah. Yeah, he does, but he also he also has a jump shot. I'm not saying it's a bona fide jump shot. He can hit he can hit some legit jump shots. He's proven that he can do it. I don't know if he's real consistent with it, but I agree with you. I mean, if he lost 20 pounds, they'd probably do him a, a world of good. But I think that's just his body frame. I think that's his body is at that, and he's still what 20? Is he even 20? He's only gonna he's only gonna develop and become more mature in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And and that's my thing. I think, yeah, I agree. He has the he has upside, you know, to be better. But right now I think everybody's expecting him to be this transcendent player. And I think he's being overhyped at this moment and he's not there where people want to put him there. But 
you come back to me in about a year or two if his knees holds out and then we can, you know, we'll see where he's at. But right now, I don't think he's as good and dominant as John Moran is. Well, John is just a different beast. <laughs> and he's only going to get better. <laughs> hmm. If he, uh, I mean, he's pretty damn decent as it is right now. If he, if he ever develops a consistent J, he, uh, because he already he's already a slasher. He knows how to get to the rim. If he if they have to sit there and really sit there and guard him when he's out in the perimeter, I miss the dudes who used to hit a you know consistent fifteen foot jumper. Where are the Patrick Ewans in the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to see you want to see ball players hit consistent fifteen jumpers, you better go watch the WNBA because it ain't happening. It ain't happening in the NBA too often. <laughs> there you go. Either you shooting a three or you going for a dunk. I don't see any mid-range game at all from these jumpers. <laughs> I swear, the one player that sits there and turns around and has a game like that is going to be a beast leading into this next wave of young superstars that are coming up in NBA. Well, that was Kevin Durant till he, you know, <laughs> tore up his, his leg. <laughs> well, that's true. And he was one of the... Very few that could hit it all over the place and hit at any kind of range. And Steph, Clay, there's a handful. There's a handful. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this nasty, sloppy game, this L.A. OKC game. He's it's over. It's yeah. over. Well, it's I know, over. But when I was watching before we started, oh, <laughs> it was it was literally either you're driving to the hoop or you're taking threes. I'm like, dude, does nobody know how to take two or three steps in and then pull up. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> it's, a, it's a much more high percentage shot. <laughs> Which is why I think that uh, the, the 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 Lakers they won't expect them to win. I think a, a team can catch them slipping if they're not playing. You know what? You know if they're not playing on if they're not on the p's and q's because the way this whole restart has set off, a lot of teams have not gotten back into shape yet, and they're going right to eight games and right into the playoffs. The Lakers should win, but. I think a team that comes out firing hot, I think can catch them slipping. That's crazy. It's crazy. And all it takes is one team. And to be honest, if you're not uh, to be and to be honest, even if there is a playing game, every all the teams are still not at like playoff mode yet. You know what I'm saying? So you could catch one of these teams that are supposed to make the playoffs, you could catch them off guard, and it could be an upset down the road. Um, all it takes is one game, or when I say four games, I should say. So um, it's definitely interesting to see about that. Well, hold on. Now, is it my understanding, and I haven't really studied the rules about this whole eight-game turn up, you know, run up into the playoffs. So let's just use uh, Memphis, Portland, as for example. Mm-hmm. Is it my understanding that if Portland is within a game after the eight games, they have a playoff game, a play-in game to sit there and see who's going to be in the AFC? Yes, it's a play-in tournament. Um, you have to be within, if I remember correctly, you have to be within four games <clears throat> in the um, final eight spot. Uh, so if you're four games in the final eight spot, then they have a play-in tournament. Um, it's a one game, winner takes all sort of thing. 
Now that I don't know how the playing tournament is per se. I would assume that it's a one game win and take all when it once one game, one player team advances. But it's not just like the eighth and ninth seed. You I believe the tenth and the eleventh seed, if they're four games within, um, they also are included in the tournament as well. Interesting. So I yeah. guess I guess New Orleans still has something to fight for if they still within that within that uh four games. Yeah. Um I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty sure that's the format. Um it's actually um I think if the eighth seed is four games or fewer ahead of the ninth seed, those teams will play. So I'm I'm wrong. So what it is is that if the eighth seed is four games or fewer ahead of the ninth seed, those two teams will play in the playing tournament to determine the eighth playoff seed. So it's just those two, the eighth and the ninth te- um, place teams. And they just play one game. They play one game. And if you got New Orleans, Memphis versus Portland, huh? good night, Memphis, because I don't see, I don't see Dame and McCullough and <clears throat> Carmelo and all those bigs. Even though last night them bigs were playing horrible last night, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they, they got their points, but they were just horrible in the paint. <laughs> they should have. They should have been murdering Houston. Yes, they were missing everything down there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, Houston, Houston is. Right? Port, wait, Portland beat Houston. Yes. Oh, Portland beat Houston. Okay, but yeah, barely. Yeah. But it should. It should have been. It should have been a blowout. Yes. Yes. Hmm. All that length they had, and it was just sitting there missing gimmies. All freaking nails. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> It's frustrating me. <laughs> but but that's what I was saying in regards to, like, there's still rust there. So by the time the playoff comes, no matter what, still teams are going to still be a little bit rusty no matter what. Not all teams are going to be in playoff form. So no. as much as the people are saying about the Lakers and all these top teams, um, the Clippers, not all of them is going to be in playoff form. There's going to be at least one team. I, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. I wouldn't be surprised if a top-seeded team gets – loses to a lower seed team some way, shape, or form in, in the playoffs. I, I can see it happening. I mean, you know, because the playoffs are set and, you know, all the people that are in the one and two is three seed, they don't really have anything to necessarily play for because they're already set in stone. So you might not want to go full tilt, you know, mm-hmm. in these games where everyone that's like in the eighth, and battling for that eighth spot, you know, they're trying to, you know, coming up with guns blazing. So by the time you get those first rounds, you can see some seeds that might catch it. Um, I don't think anybody's going to really be in full true basketball or playoff mode until probably end of August, going into September. Yep. And then by that time, it might be a little bit too late. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's always next season. Uh, that is true. And yep. that's rapidly approaching immediately after this season, too. So, so it's we'll see. And there's teams out there right now that are just basically planning for next season. So, Brooklyn? <sighs> Brooklyn <laughs> is planning for next season. I mean, they they beat uh, Milwaukee. I thought that was a pretty good win. And they were heavily, uh, heavily favored underdog. <laughs> well, they needed that win anyway because they didn't win that game. They'll be. They will still be in eighth place, fighting with Washington 
fortunately for them, Bill is not playing for some reason. Or I don't know if he is or not. I didn't see him play last game. So um, Washington right now has lost every single game in the seeding tournament. So um, they're virtually out as as is right now. So as all in, in right now, the people that are playing, they're just playing to see as a, a evaluation for next season. That's really what it is. Especially for Brooklyn, including the coach. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because he's an uh, interim coach, right? That is correct for now. So, but um, we can talk more about the NBA because that right now, NBA, WNBA, those, you know, hockey, soccer, seems like the only ones that are progressing where we could talk about it going on next week, <laughs> on the next week podcast. Um, right now, we have. Some things that's going on right now, Major League Baseball right now is really trying to get their act together. Um, so many. Yes. I'm oh, sorry, say that again? <laughs> I, call, I don't call BS, but my whole thing is all right, not to steal your thunder from it. No, by all means. Go for it. Go my for it. Thing is, you had just enough amount of time as every other sport to have, you know, to sit there, investigate, and try to do the best thing possible for your league. Why does it take an outbreak with the Marlins, an outbreak with the Phillies, an outbreak with the Cardinals, for them to now decide, like, oh, now we're going to institute a safety officer with each team to ensure that people are wearing their masks and not leaving the hotels, and blah, 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 blah. The hell, man? That should have been something that was instituted from day one. You know these fools. I couldn't believe the fact that players from the Cardinals actually played a game and they said, you know what, we go into the damn casino after the game. And they turn around and get their teammates infected. Like, that wasn't going to be a thing. You know, I, and we don't know how Miami stuff started. We, we just don't know because they were saying that before the season started, they were in Atlanta. Atlanta had the high numbers going on. Blase blah, they came back to Miami. Then Miami had high numbers going on. We don't know what the hell. But come on, MLB. Come on, man. Y'all got to y'all got to do better than this. Y'all need more than safety officers. Y'all got to put the hammer in place. Y'all have to sit there and say when the game is over, you take your asses back to the hotel, stay your ass in the hotel to the next game and keep it moving. If you can't put them in bubbles, institute rules that make it so that they can't leave. If they leave, you find their ass. If you find them and they still want to leave, then kick their asses out. <laughs> You got to make a stern and strict. You can't. You can't make, leave it up to each ball club to institute rules and to, and to designate how things are going to run. Why do you think the NBA is so successful? Why do you think the NHL is so successful? Why do you think Major League Soccer is so successful right now? Stop well, being I have. Well, it, tell them why you mad, sir. <laughs> why I'm you mad? Because <laughs> my Yankees is doing it right. Damn it. <laughs> Well, and I was getting ready to say, you, you, you Yankees, Aaron just playing for that new contract right now. So he putting them all on notice like, hey, look, yeah, I want my money. <laughs> Me telling them every game with homers, I want my money. <laughs> you put everybody on notice right now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, come on. I mean, it's great. Trust me. Baseball is still America's pastime. People are clamoring to watch baseball. Hell, I'm clamoring to watch baseball. I love to watch a good basketball game, but baseball is still entertaining to me. But do right. 
make it mandatory. Stop it by, you know, giving teams autonomy to do what they need to do. Nah, it ain't going to work. You're the, you're the judge, you're the ruler, you're the executionary. Do it all, dude, and if they don't like it, screw them. <laughs> the only thing right now I'm missing, Ace, is you got the Yankee fitted on. That, that, that'll make it much better. It's a Tim's. Don't forget the tip. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, – I, I agree. I agree, man. Uh, I think the NBA, WNBA, and NHL got a little lucky because they were able to um, keep the numbers of teams low enough where they were able to accommodate everybody in that bubble. It would have been curious if this was the beginning of the season, could they have been able to accommodate all 30-plus teams in a bubble <laughs> – down there or maybe they could have had to try to do it in two but then it's like cross you know how you want to get you know players from one place to another but um they got lucky because they don't have to they, they just went from right to the playoffs with nba eight game play in right to the playoffs nhl went right to the playoffs um the islanders done they're out <laughs> so um but baseball Baseball has just been fiddling with the stuff. I agree. I mean, even if you can't do a, a bubble-type atmosphere like the NBA, like you said, it's at least have someone that say, you go to the stadium, you play baseball. You go there, you shower up, you leave, you go back to your respective hotels. You don't leave. If you have two or three games there, then you go to the stadium, whatever, you do your practice, put you in, you play, you go back to the hotel, you don't leave. You go home that's where it gets hairy because everybody's going to off to their own. What if you say you want to put you up in like a, like a, a facility where all the players stay or sequester that? I remember someone saying that um, a way of the NBA doing a I mean NBA, NFL doing a bubble was that all the training camp sites that the NFL would normally do where they would have all their players sequestered there for training camp, there's been some suggestions that the, NBA, the NFL players should all just stay there stay at their, um, the, the training facilities, practice, go to the stadium when there's games, go back to the place where they would do um, um, training camp and only fly to the different stadiums. They got to play games, but not leave. Now you're asking a whole lot because you're asking to be away from families and friends. Now the NBA is doing it for three months. Um, NFL will be doing it for four plus months. So you're asking maybe a little bit more, but I agree with you, Ace. Did they have to take the Marlins all getting caught up with something or the St. Louis, you know, Cardinals getting caught up, the, you know, the Phillies? God forbid if your Yankees got all caught up. Um, or the Dodgers, you know, or the Houston, I mean, on Houston, at, well, they wouldn't care about them about Houston right now. But, I mean, you know, if you had like one of the premier teams like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox or somebody like that that really caught it, um, then what? Um, they're playing with fire here, and I don't know what they were thinking of. Maybe they were hoping that they can get away with it, but it's just too many variables when you send teams to different places. If you're not telling them to stay in one place when they go, then like you said, they're going to go to the casino. Smart idea. But then you're going to come back, and then someone's going to catch a case. If you got one person, that whole team shouldn't play. But yet, the Marlins decide to play the Phillies over the weekend. Next thing you know it, damn that half team got it. And that, that just doubles back to what I was talking about last week, where if you got this expanded roster, 
And that's that's exactly what my, uh, Miami did, or the Florida Marlins, or Miami Marlins, whatever they call themselves nowadays. That's exactly what they did. They went around and jacked some people from their extended roster, brought them up because not all the players were cleared to play, and turned around and played the damn Orioles and kicked their ass. <laughs> By the way, Orioles suck. But that's where they have I'm not. I'm not sitting here to point fingers at how sorry the Orioles are, and I'm not sorry about saying they sorry because they sorry as shit. But anyway, so they're sorry. Oh, they they uh, <laughs> sorry, very <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, I'm just saying. Then the whole point. What's the whole point of having those ex- that thirty man extended roster? If you can't do a wholesale swap, if you need 15 players, then there's no need if you're going to sit there and cancel games. You know what I'm saying? Then if a player gets hurt, then you just got to go through straight through free agency or doing whatever. Just pick up trades, do whatever that they normally do. But the baseball got to do better. Bottom line, they just have to do better because God forbid – more cancellations come. They already started, you know, the, the rumors are out there talking about possibly canceling the season. And uh, the commission kind of shut that down. It's like, well, it's too late to stop now. No, nah, it's not too late. They haven't even played 10 games. It ain't too late to stop. I mean, it's a pipe dream to sit there and think that they can sit there and go through the whole season and not have half the league compromised. But I think they need to do a hell of a lot more than safety offers. But the thing about it is that um, Manfred is – he believes that the health protocols of the Major League Baseball is by it, – it's it's working. And that's where you're the, – the, 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 the issue lies because he believes that they're doing a good – that the, the protocols are doing a good job. Like, it's just that it was a couple of lapses here and there. That's how he feels. And until that happens where he's at a point where – it's like, obviously, it's not working. Nothing is going to change. Everything is still going to continue as the status quo. Um, and to be honest, like, it's, to be honest, it should be more people that should be speaking out, especially the players. Um, if they're feeling, and I see that there's going to be times where people, I mean, right now, they may be speaking out by opting out as well. Um, but if the, if the commissioner is saying that everything is okay, I mean, at this stage, what can you do? This league, the 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 season is still going to continue on. There's going to be a couple of more lapses here and there where it's going to pause for that particular team. But then they're going to, like you said, Ace, they're going to find, they're going to call up guys um, to replace that those people in that roster and continue on with the status quo. Yeah, and how can the players even come around and start griping about they should? Um, mm-hmm. How is that going to look now when about a month ago you were giving everybody hell, owners and players involved, because of the amount of games and money, and you didn't want to give anything back? There's no <laughs> talk about how you should be tested. It wasn't talk about we need a bubble. It wasn't talk about safety. It wasn't talk about how you're going to handle someone catching, a, you know, testing positive, what you're going to do with players. It was all about the amount of games and how much money they were going to give. They're going to get their money. None of that talk. So now you got baseball, you wanted more than what the owners want to give. And now we're kind of seeing that what the owners wanted to keep it at was probably the best thing to do. But they, they gave up a little bit and gave you more games than they were comfortable with giving. 
and look at it now. And that entire time, if they would have came out and said, we want more, a better plan on how to handle testing or how to create a bubble, then I think the NBA uh, major league players would have a little bit better footing if they were to come out about it now. But since you are more about the amount of games and the money, even the players themselves didn't look like they were all that concerned about testing. There were a couple of guys that, you know, opted out, but, you know, large and whole, everybody was, was more concerned about, I want every penny that's owed to me and I want to get as many games in to ensure that I get every penny is owed to me and we don't give up anything next year. Owners included, but everybody's looking bad now. Well, bottom line is this. The owners are probably right. The players are just being greedy. And not only were they trying to be greedy and still ended up getting more what the owners wanted versus what the players wanted, now they're just being selfish and stupid, thinking that they're above this virus or they think they're invincible because they're athletes. And you haven't you haven't heard too many athletes really uh, developing any pure or fatal type of uh, sickness from this from this virus. But you don't want to be that one dude that does. So why would you put yourself in that situation and your teammates in that situation just because you bored sitting in a hotel room, dude? Man, be like these NBA players. Bring your Xboxes. <laughs> Bring your video game systems. Bring cards. Bring whatever you want to. You want to gamble? Y'all got millions. Sit there at the table and gamble like real true professionals, and then man up and pay <laughs> when you lose fifty grand. So be it. <laughs> if you're gonna go to the casino and lose fifty grand, or you're gonna lose fifty grand to your teammate, what difference does it make? You lost it. So just go ahead and play. Have fun. Enjoy the enjoy the crazy season that you're gonna be having. And then live to talk about it a couple of seasons down the line. was like, oh, you weren't here when we played during that pandemic season. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but nah, you know. Uh, yeah, so uh, Manfred, if you are listening, which you probably aren't, but if you should catch wind, dude, institute martial law. You are the law. I guarantee if you sit there and say something, the owners will agree. The players are going to have no choice but to sit there and listen. Make it mandatory that these jokers cannot leave. You'll see that the product will be a lot better and a lot less cases. Now the question is whether or not he's going to do it. He won't. <laughs> <And> <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And that's where if he's not going to do it, that's when the players should speak up a little bit more, I think, at this stage. Um I will say this, um, and because in, in, in what the NBA is doing right now as far as the bubble and stuff, is, to be honest, it's difficult for Major League Baseball and, to be honest, of course, the NFL um, because they're in a position where they got so many players and so much ground to cover. Like with basketball, soccer, hockey, well, basketball and hockey in particular is confined to one close environment where a certain amount of players are playing. Um, there's more risk with the players of Major League Baseball, more risk with the NFL. But the question is now is that you had this amount of time to come up with something to make it more of a lockdown environment. And it seems as though that there was no effort put in to at least try. And that is going to come back to bite them. 
And it looks like with Major League Baseball, it looks like it's doing that in some way, shape, or form now. Um, and the NFL needs to worry about that as well. I mean, <clears throat> Manfred, he knows what he's getting himself into um, because this is a big risk for him. And if I'm Roger Goodell, I'm watching this with a, like very closely because he has even a bigger grand stage with a lot of more players, a lot more staff, a lot more facilities, people, personnel. He has like twice as many people as in as Major League Baseball does as far as the staff and stuff is concerned for each team. So um, let me ask you this question. I mean, because we're almost, you know, I know we're getting closer to the time and everything, but as far as in the NFL is concerned, where do you think that, that stand because you see a little bit more players are opting out now of the teams out of the 2020 season. Um, you see there's going to be, I mean, somewhere down the road, God forbid, if there is a, an actual someone or an outbreak on one of the teams, the question is, is that what is it going to do as far as the NFL season is concerned? They can't pause technically any games like Major League Baseball could do and reschedule it. So are they going to follow – the same suit as Major League Baseball and bringing in people, um, bringing in, like, calling up people from their, I guess, practice squad to come up and play. Um, let me get your thoughts on that as far as the NFL is concerned. I mean, they would have to. I mean, um, I, don't, I don't see any way around it, you know, if they're unable to provide a bubble you know, type atmosphere, you know, for the players during the week. I mean, like you said, I mean, the NFL and Roger Goodell, I mean, the big multi-billion dollar kids on the block. I mean, they're looking at all this. Um, I'm hoping that they're, you know, pinning some notes. I mean, they ain't got much time. It's the beginning of August. Season's going to be starting before you know it. So you would hope – I would have hoped that Roger Goodell – or at least someone from the NFL brass would have came out with some kind of guidelines to kind of dictate it out. No, I agree. They're probably watching what's happening with Major League Baseball, seeing, you know, they're seeing how they're stumbling upon themselves and how they're handling it. And they're probably going to take a little bits and pieces from what the in the major leagues are doing and apply it to how they, they roll it. But like he like, like said, I mean, you're going to have to have some players. I mean, you might have to go dig deep into your, your, um, your practice squad. Um, you know, I haven't, but they haven't came out and said exactly what or how they're going to handle it, which means I think they're probably waiting to the last minute to kind of possible to kind of release this information and take as much time as they possibly can to explore all the, all the options. And I think they were really waiting for major league baseball to kind of go for a while to see how they handle things. Um, but there's no real way of creating a bubble unless that suggestion that someone said before is that wherever, you know, where they go for training camp, you know, the, all the unfilled teams have to see they go for training camps. Let the players stay right there the entire NFL season and only let them go to stadium to play games or practice and come back and then fly to the different respective stadiums, leave and go back right to those, you know, right to those camps and have limited interaction with your family. Um, it might be a tough pill to swallow. NBA is doing it, but if they can't offer something like that, then it, it, we're bound to see what happened in the major leagues happen in the NFL, and I don't know how you get around that. Well, let me take a different approach. Not a different approach. I agree with everything you're saying. Um, 
to address what Al was saying about players that are opting out, you know, the players that aren't opting out are those who are not as financially stable as those. <laughs> <that are. laughs> yeah. So if there's ever that fringe player who would have, who would have, or who maybe or maybe not have made the team, now has an opportunity to shine and sit there and show that he has the ability to to make a roster and stick. One. Two, rookies want to get paid. So you're going to see that the rookies are going to come out there and they're going to do their thing because <laughs> they want that check. Plus, they think they're invincible anyway, so don't worry. Got him? No. Ah, I hate that. Three. <laughs> um, I agree with Earl. I think if if you're going to do your training camp, if you typically do it in – I think they need to do it in their – personally, I think they need to do it in their stadiums. You know, do it in their stadium. That way they're keeping that stadium 100% clean, virus-free. They'll be constantly in there wiping it down, sterilizing it down. You know they're going to do it when the players come in after they dress and leave to go out to practice. They're going to sterilize it back down. I like what Denver is doing, that every player has to run under that sterile machine thing before they get on the, get on the field. Now I don't I don't know how it works when the spray is coming down. I don't know. I didn't see anything coming in from side to side because it's more than just their head that they're going to be using. It's their hands and whatever else. But that's a good start. What Denver is doing, I can see other teams following suit doing the similar things. But I think if you're going to do it, do it in stadiums. Don't even expose yourself to the practice area or whatever. If you have a particular hotel that you guys typically stay at for home games. Make that your home base right now. Owners got enough money to shut that hotel down or do whatever they need to do to ensure so many floors of that hotel accommodates what they want to accommodate. And I'm sure hotels amidst this uh, recession will do everything they need to do to cut them nice deals. Because <laughs> <laughs> every hotel, whatever hotel it is, is going to want a piece of this action. So they'll do what they need to do to make sure that you want to come to this hotel. We'll do this. We guarantee that. So I think that's what they should do. Unlike um, the Giants and the Jets, you know, some teams that share a stadium, um, that might be where it gets a little tricky. Uh, maybe the New York teams may have to solicit area schools, whatever, but now that uh, certain divisions or certain classes of football aren't playing, lock up one of those places and that be your home base and make sure that they have a hotel right there. The kids aren't going to be on campus. So that's even better opportunity for them so they have a nice, secure little access. And whatever school that they choose manages to get a little piece of change and kind of subsidize what they might have lost being that they're not playing football. Those are some ideas. But to be honest, that's a great idea, Ace. Like, that's a real good idea. And what's makes it crazy is because the NFL can do that. They can lock down the hotels. They can lock down They can lock down certain hotels and treat it as a sort of a, a bubble atmosphere where you can lock down that hotel near the stadium for a certain amount of time, for like three months, be completely 
like that'll be the, the NFL players' homes. They have enough rooms for for the whole team. Okay, you knock down two hotels, one for the home team, one for the away team. I mean, to be honest, that's a that's a they could make that work with no problem. Um, and let them just focus on the practice. I mean, the, between the two hotels and the stadium, they could definitely make that work. And I, I don't. I know, and I know the Marriott has a sponsorship with the NFL, and most big cities tend to have more than one Marriott property. If if uh, if the home team wants to be wants to be petty, they could put them up in the town. You know, a town play suites while they stay up at the Ritz. You know, if they want to get if they. If they want to, you know, put them in a crappier Marriott hotel just to give that little bit of an edge or whatever, you could do that. But I think that's the perfect opportunity. Everybody eats. Everybody wins. And, you know, the NFL already has sponsors with uh, particular airlines. So that airline company, whatever they sponsor will win. You know, there's a lot of pluses here. And if they do it right, they still need the safety officers. They still need to have a a team that sits there and be honest, they got to be like uh, like the, the NBA. If that means you got to put security on every exit to ensure that nobody leaves, so be it. <laughs> and in, in, in reality, I mean, you probably only really need to, well, in reality, you probably only really need to just have the home team have, you know, have a towel. I mean, if you really want to keep it tight, strict on things, the, the visiting team, flies in, buses in that night, they play. And if you're close enough, let's say Washington comes to New York or New York goes to Washington, New York drives the buses down, they play, they wash up, they shower, bus ain't going that night or that day. Right. I right. Agree. I agree with that. Just like college. They, they have to get back into the mentality of college where they fly in the day before and they leave that same day. Don't sit there and want to come in on a Friday and practice and do whatever. You got to limit all that, you know. And I think if they do those protocols, they'd be all right. I, I, to be honest, like, that's it's, – and it's amazing the fact that we could think of something like that and the fact that, like, the NFL hasn't come up with something to that nature. You know what I'm saying? Um it's, it's, I'm, I'm still, you know, I think that's a great idea, to be honest with you. I think that will minimize that risk for the NFL, and it will get them to play. And I think a lot of players probably be on board with it. They all know we're all, you know, everyone is, you know, under the same boat. It's not just the NFL. You already see basketball in a the bubble. They're away from their families for about three months. So, you know, they're already making sacrifices. Major leagues, I'm not sure how much sacrifices they're making, really, but – I mean, everybody's in the same boat. I mean, I think if you would have told the players, hey, look, guys, this is what we need to do to get the season going. We have to abide by these rules. If you all can't get on board with these rules, then we can't guarantee that we can get a, a complete season going. And I think if you walk to them that way, and I think the players are looking for that kind of information. Mm -hmm. If you walk that to the players, I think you probably have a lot of buy-in if you can tell them, just gonna be roughing it for a couple of months, like you said. You know, like you said, it's gonna be like college. You you practice, practice, practice. You fly out maybe the night before, or you drive in the day of. You play, depending on how close you are. Once you finish, you out. Right. I mean, you can't think of it as being 
like you're at a power five at one of the big time programs in the country when you're in college. You got to think of it as like you're playing for Bethune Cookman. <laughs> drive to Johnson C. Smith. You know what I'm saying? And the bus may break down, but damn it, we're going to get to that game before one o'clock. We just got to scurry, get, you know, hurry up and get, get dressed and get out there. And we ain't got no time because we ain't got the money to put everybody else up in the hotel for a night. So we need to get back booking back down this road. You know what I mean? So baseball players will probably be the best ones that can acclimate to that type of life because of minor league baseball. And a lot of the, the bus travel that they do because they just don't have the money to fly them all over the place. I think the football players just need to toughen up on that mentality for, for, for a couple months. You know, granted, you're not going to take a bus from L.A. to New York. We know this. But like you said, e, if you're going New York to D.C. or you're going New York to Buffalo or you're going Miami to Jacksonville, dude, get your, get your iPod ready, your, your iPad ready, get some movies queued up. You know, we'll get a couple of charter buses here. We make sure we keep everybody's the social distancing, some space, and you guys can stretch out. And we'll just make it happen that way, you know, and – and Goodell, I know you're not listening, but I, I had some pretty good ideas. I'm sure y'all thought of them too. Put that man on payroll. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just need much money for a week. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like these ideas, man, I, I agree. It will work. It will definitely work. Um, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do, though, especially Roger Goodell. Um, Manfred already looks like he already know he he feels as though that what they got is going is is working for him. So, um, so people is going to be a little bit hard, difficult to convince. Um, but I digress. Before we go, um, just a quick um note. Just want to get your thoughts on this because the football players from the Big Ten on Wednesday joined the Pac-12 players in publishing a list of demands relating to their safety during the coronavirus pandemic, um, and along with other things that they call other platforms for change. Uh, so let me get your thoughts in regards to the football players um, actually publishing a list of the bands, number one, um, but they're showing their, their ongoing concern about the safety, um, and rightfully so. Um, so they're voicing their opinions. So let me get your thoughts on the football players um, actually doing this and publishing a list of demands. And do you think that those demands are going to get answered? Which I have a feeling I know the answer, but, you know, I asked. <laughs> well, I mean, it's crazy that a movement that is long overdue for people to sit there and learn and uh, to really open their eyes and see what the hell, what the really is what's going on, and then a pandemic. On top of that, really, this it really kind of shed light on the type of power that these athletes have because a lot of these major colleges and conferences rely on African Americans to sit there and drive the bottom line for these universities. So, if you take a lot of those African Americans and people of color out of that equation and you just put that, you know, you drop other nationalities in and take those out, you may or may not have the same quality of ball that, you know, that will drive the fan bases to go nuts and uh, to see the type of uh, ball that we are currently used to. 
So I'm not saying that other nationalities can't go on, go out there and, and play well. I'm just saying that African-Americans and people of color tend to have the speed that they're looking for at certain positions. And they are now realizing that my voice and what I want can be, can be noticed and that we could put you guys on blast because if you're not going to sit there and at least come to some sort of agreement about some things that we need changed, we won't play. And if they won't play, the schools ain't going to generate no money. That's the bottom line. So they're looking at it as, hmm, so we're not going to get no money or we can make sure that we have testing for these jokers a couple times a week and make sure that uh, we can end some of this uh, injustices that might be going on on campus and see how quick they'll turn around and <laughs> institute certain things on these campuses. It's crazy that it took these two things to really push the needle to make these sort of things happen. But, you know, I guess it's better late than never. Yeah, I think it's admirable that, you know, Pac-12 and Big Ten players are doing what they're doing. Hopefully they'll listen to them. I'm not sure they will. The players, you know, in spite of everything, college football players have a lot more power than I think they really know collectively. Um, I've always said that of the players wanted to really negotiate getting paid more for their likeness or get some kind of compensation, what you can always do is across the board, let's say first weekend of college football, Labor Day weekend, all the players decide, guess what? We ain't playing. Not just one, not just two, not just one school, not just two school, but every D1, D2, three player said, you know what? We'll suit up, but we're going to sit down and we ain't going to play. Like you said, Ace, that get a lot of attention. What you're going to do, try to fill the whole team right there? It's not Marshall, right? It's not like that. You can't just fill the entire college football ranks overnight, and you'll have all those – you have the NCAA over barrel. I mean, they're already getting heat from, um, you know, Congress about, you know, what's going on down there. So um, you do something like that, it's going to be a lot of people that's going to – that's going to cry some bad words, but you'll have their full and undivided attention at that point. And so right now, I think this opportunity to get their full and undivided attention, I think everybody, not just the Pac-10 or Big 12, I mean, not the Pac-12 or Big 10, but I think you need everybody on board saying the same exact thing. You need to have SEC, ACC, um, everybody, independents, all across the board, all of them coming up with the same list of demands. You put that out there and you say, unless we have X, Y, and Z in place, no matter what you do, we're not going to play. Yeah. And they do not want to, they're already crying, crying about they thinking they're going to have a lost season. You ensure they're not going to have a season before it starts. Trust me, they'll, they'll come up with something quick. <laughs> Because Colorado, if Colorado's out there telling people not to, you know, contact Trace or or not to uphold to what they're doing as far as um Corona's virus protection, screw Colorado University if that's the case. But that's it. That's something different. But Colorado State. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um first of all, if that was the case, I don't see a lot of people wanting to play uh, play against Colorado State at this stage as well. Um so it's going to be interesting. Um, I, the list of demands, to be honest, is 
you know, I don't see an issue with it, which makes me wonder. The problem is, is that there's so many different conferences and so many different conferences have so many different opinions about certain things and how they feel. And until it's a unif like you said, smooth, until there's a collective agreement from all the conferences and all the schools, all the universities, all the divisions, um, until they're all on the same page, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit difficult for that to happen. Um, and it's unfortunate because, you know, like the one of the things that I'm looking at right now um, is they're looking to ban the use of COVID-19 liability waivers. Like the fact that is that they have to sign liability waivers just because of that alone is a problem. So um, it's, it's, you know, I, 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 I want them to succeed. Um, just a matter of they have to stay in there, hang in there um, at this stage. Um, but I have a feeling that we're still going to be talking more about this down the road. So, but the, the time is definitely far. Um, the, the time is over. <laughs> um, the, the podcast is just about up. So, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. You can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Uh, they can find me on Twitter and the gram, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am our Qualls. Twitter, Instagram, I am our Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports on all the podcasts, every podcast out there. Um, you can catch Guys Talking Sports there. You can also catch us on YouTube Live, where every social media, we're there now as well. So I'd like to thank everybody for checking this out. Make sure you subscribe, show all the love and appreciation. Um, do me a favor, wear your mask. Um, to be honest, I'm not even going to say please anymore. This is just a requirement right now. Where this pandemic is right now, it should be a requirement for everybody to wear masks, not just for yourself, protecting yourself, protect your loved ones, protect your family. It's very important out there. So please remember, practice social distancing, wear a mask if you can. Um, by all accounts purposes, just maintain and stay, know that you're protecting your loved ones when you do things like that. Um, focus on them. Um, if you don't care about yourself, at least focus on your loved ones as well. So until then, God bless. Have a good one. Stay safe out there. And we'll catch you next time on Guys Talking Sports. Dude, they don't give a damn about their loved ones if they're not wearing a mask. Also, justice for Brianna Taylor. Let's go. Amen.